You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm John, and tonight joined by Josh. How are you doing? Good evening, mate. Hi. Good evening to you. <laughs> uh, how you doing? Okay, I just plodding on, man. Enjoyed my enjoyed my day off today, uh, courtesy of HRH. So um, that was the one, uh, certainly the one positive thing uh, that's came out of all this. Yes, I have a nice day off myself as well, uh, and we're joined again by I say guest like. You're becoming more of a regular than some of the actual regulars that we have in the team. Uh, Michael, how you doing? Um, John, I'm waiting for my season ticket. Um, I've got the show, but uh, yeah, nice to, nice to be here, guys. And so we're not nice. sure, like, it's usually uh, like it's outside the transfer window. And we know that you're involved with a podcast, so it's like, we're not sure if we can, we can do such a deal. Like, we need to find out to talk to your agent. 50, 50 pence more, John, I would come to you, uh, the, the podcast, you know, my, my rates are high. 50 pence more, that would be 50 pence more than anyone else gets. Um, <laughs> so, aye, that would be all right, fair deal. I've, John, I've got to, uh, just, just on that, let's let's get stuck into it, I've got to pull up uh, pull up my big mate Scott McGill. Um, but a bit of a theme, there's a bit of a theme beginning to emerge here. <laughs> um, no, no, I don't know if, if you know, seen that he was on a couple of weeks ago there. He was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago there. I think it was his first of the season, wasn't it? Uh, no, he'd been on the Premiership Preview podcast, right. definitely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Aye. Uh, and, and, but the pod he was on a couple of weeks ago happened to be the one after Celtic got a big result against Rangers. Aye. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it was supposed to be on the night, wasn't it? Well, I mean, there was speculation. He had been saying he was going to come on all week. Um, and suddenly... Um, suddenly he's, he's, he's no came on. Now, I don't know if you know this, uh, John, but uh, Celtic lost 2-0 on Sunday. All oh, right. See, I thought maybe it, it came about, the announcement that Scott was to make the podcast night came about the same time as we found out that uh, John McLaughlin, Grant Hanley and Jacob Brown are no one in the squad anymore. So I thought maybe it was linked with that, but that'll be what it is. Listen, listen, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not... Um, um, this this isn't you know, Celtic dads don't net right. So we're not dealing in conspiracy theories, um, but there there is a pattern beginning to emerge here. You know, aye, aye. There wasn't even a note for this bummer or anything like that to say could they make it. Um, aye, well we may as well talk about that in, in the context of like, see after the the, the Celtic Rangers game, same course for Rangers, right? Comfortable win. Yeah, I thought we're talking about a title race been over after about five games, five six games. Um, shows you how quickly things can turn. Yeah, things things can turn uh, really quickly, John. Um, but look, let let's be honest. You know, you, me, Michael, nobody was putting money on Saint Marin yesterday. Um, no, actually, actually, <laughs> actually, in our uh, predictor um, league that I have uh, with um, Stato Grant, friend of the podcast, John yeah, Bleasdale, yeah. all, all those guys. Um, I actually did predict St Mirren to win 1-0 and it's on the record, right? But see, to be fair, I was doing that as a bit of a piss take, right? Um, but but I've got, I've got to say, wow, 
I did not see that coming. I mean, see if I was to pick a team in the league that I thought would take points off a of Celtic, St Mun would not have been high up there. They wouldn't even have been top kind of seven or eight. Yeah, what it maybe kind of puts uh, into doubt is the all the talk about Celtic having this great squad depth. Easy for me to say. I was getting my words mixed up there, but everyone was saying great squad depth. Obviously, yesterday we recorded Monday. He makes what about five changes, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, some players getting kind of left out, and then maybe it just shows you that there's certain players that are key to that team and they can't be left out. And I don't know what you think about that, Michael, in terms of from your own point of view. It was it was absolutely six changes, but um, we won't argue over one um, as, as well. But listen, I mean. Um, I should get to say this in the podcast again, and probably Josh knows this. I'm a Celtic fan. Um, maybe that's a, a big headline for tomorrow, I'm not sure. But, like, I mean, people were saying uh, Angie made too many changes, and I, he did, to be honest, but he especially going away from home because like, I think you can get away with like four, or f- three or four changes when you're at home, just because that you've got that home advantage. But I think you you t- you kind of touched on it there, John, about, you know, Celtic's got a squad uh, to beat St. Mirren um, home and away, no matter what, what team they, 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 um, they put out yesterday. But, I mean, listen, it was all about St. Mirren. Celtic were woeful the whole day. Um, Celtic could still be playing there tonight and not have a shot on goal. I think it was, what was it, 84 minutes before... Celtic first shot goal and that it wasn't even a shot of goal. <laughs> it was good to say a pass back. Uh, Jota played to the goalkeeper. So no terrible, um, terrible day for Celtic. And I'm quite um, pleased for for my mate Marco Harder. I'm I, I know Marco Harder is a personal friend of mine and he scored against Rangers before. He scored I think he scored tw- twice for Dundee against Rangers, and now he scored once against Celtic, so, um, and they got them out on match as well, so yeah, I mean, well, well done to, well done to Mark, but yeah, Celtic were just off it yesterday, from the word go. Yeah, just a case, maybe I think Celtic were off it, or like St. Mirren get a game plan spot on. Could be about both, um, you know, um, I think they, I was saying in my my radio show that I did last week, not to advertise my radio show or anything, but... Oh, get a point. But I remember that circuit went there before and uh, St. Merlin took a point off them in a midweek game before. Um, I think it was like two seasons ago. Um, and I don't know if it was because... Of, the park is very tight or, or whatever kind of thing. But I'm not making any excuses. Circuit so with this offer again. Um, well done to St. Mullen. Yeah, I mean, St. Mullen getting about Celtic and Celtic was like, oh, I'm not expecting this, you know. So, um, but yeah, but I'm not too, I'm not too disappointed, John, because the way I put it across is like, it's a bump in the road. Yeah, aye, that's what first defeat in the league in effectively a year, three hundred and sixty-four days. But again, we're no argument one day, will we? Uh, so, 
Aye. I, I mean, I, I mean, to t- to be honest, I think Michael's probably right. I think it was a bit of both. Um, Saint Marin are, you know, Saint Marin have really went under the radar a wee bit about how, about how decent a team, um, you know, Stephen Robinson. Well, I suppose how decent they, they have been um, and how they've got going. I mean, they're up to fourth now, right? Yep. Um, they are a good workman like team, and and there are signs of Motherwell when Stevie Robinson kind of first took over them. I mean, he's got a lot of the same players, uh, certainly. You know, he's, he's, he's brought a lot of his ex-Motherwell players. You know, he's got Curtis Main in there, and he's got um, Declan Gallagher, and he's got Marco Hara, Michael's mate. Um, you know, he's got, he's, he's got a lot of good, solid Scottish Premiership players in there. And, it, and it's probably went under the radar a wee bit about how... Um, I'm not going to say exciting and you know brilliant a team he's got going, but how professional um, and how um, adequate the, that team are to be in the Scottish Premiership and, and do well in it. So you know it was a great performance for them. Stephen Robinson is clearly a talented manager. He set his team up well, but as Michael said, Celtic made changes. Um, a, a lot of changes. The boy is it Moy? Is that how you say his name? Moy. Moy? Yeah. Yeah. Was that his first start? I think it was. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think in the then, league, did he maybe start the, the cup match? Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm not sure. But likewise, um, I'm not. I'm not Scott McGill. I, I don't watch uh, uh, every Celtic game. You know, um, that's that's there's an RB one in uh, Scott McGill's ribs. Um, <laughs> So no, um, look, look, but I mean Celtic were off it. Let's yeah, but let's let's not deny that. Um, they did make changes. Um, you know, people have been talking about how much you know strength and depth Celtic have got. Well, I mean, it didn't show on Sunday, and the thing is, you know, I'm I still, you know, probably in my heart of hearts, you know, know that Celtic are the more likely team to win the title. Um, but you know the deficit's down to two points, and for me, you know, going into the international break, I've said this to a few people, going into the international break, two weeks away from the football, you know, um, I think the Rangers players will see that and think, right, we are out of the jail here, potentially, we are right back in this, and we need to go a hundred miles an hour. So, be interesting to see how both teams come back for the international break. Aye, uh, they're obviously Rangers on Saturday. A couple of youngsters making their starts. Kevin yeah. McCann. Mm-hmm. Impressive, mate. Um, Charlie McCann was was fa- f- uh, fairly impressive. Leon King's had a lot more game time than Charlie McCann. Most of the time off the bench, though. Um, but uh, he's he's never put a foot wrong uh, yet. Uh, Leon King looks um, looks a, a, a you know an ast- I'm not going to say it looks the finished article because he doesn't, um, and he doesn't look. You know, he's not busting onto the scene in the same way that Nathan Patterson or, you know, Kieran Tierney at Celtic. He's not busting onto this scene in the same way those two did. But um, he's slowly getting his way into the team. Charlie McCann's a different one. He's a wee bit older, and he's probably about that age where he should really start maybe playing some football. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. Then he look. He didn't put a foot wrong. I didn't think on um, Saturday. So we'll see how he, how he goes. Uh, the thing is, I mean, Charlie McCann's got a lot. Of, he's got a lot to go in terms of getting into that Rangers midfield. That's a, that's a competitive area um, for him to get into. Leon King is a wee bit different because we're light on centre backs. 
um, with with so many centre backs out injured. So I, I can see why the opportunities have been there for Leon King. Charlie McCann obviously getting his chance there. I think Gio probably made some changes based on the fact that we'd had a run of three poor results. Um, and you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we got the three points. It wasn't an emphatic win by any standards. But the three points are all that matters, and that meant that with Celtic losing on Sunday, it's back. You know, the gap's back to two, uh, two points. Aye, and then at the other end to the age scale, obviously McGregor's back in the team because McLaughlin's injured. Yeah, might have been dropped anyway. Who knows? But you've got that experience there. Um, what I think though, the starts for a uh, and McCann probably suggest even more so than already in what we've seen in the media is that the new signings. Haven't really hit the ground running apart from uh, Cholak and obviously Tillman. He's shown some good signs as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So. Cholak obviously has hit the ground running, mate. I mean, he looks. You know, I think that's nine and thirteen for him. I think yeah. that's I think that's the stat. Um, so really impressive uh, return. He's not the same player as Morelos at all. A good one to kiss, Josh. Did you think it about? Did you think? Did you think about a basket kick? No. Did uh, say that again? Did Cholak sing about a birthday cake? <laughs> oh, it was his birthday Saturday, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> aye, aye. Aye, well, well, he's been your birthday, eh? Playing a game, playing a, uh, game at Ibrox and scoring two goals. Um, but, he's, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he looks I mean, he looks like the type of player that can get 20 goals a season because, he, I mean, he's at nine already. Um, so, who knows? But it uh, be interesting to see how he goes. The boy I've, I've really not been impressed with is um, Matondo. Uh, I was expecting a lot better from him, um, and he's not. Um, to say he's not hit the ground running is actually a bit of an understatement. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, but there's there's work to be done with with some of the new signings. But as you said, John Tillman's looked good, um, and so has um, so is the boy um, Cholak. Uh, and and bear in mind as well, um, you know. Still, I mean, Sands is like a new signing, I would say, because he didn't really play in his first six months yeah. at Rangers. Um, and he's only really come into the team properly now, and I think he's been really good. So, a couple of the new boys have been have played well, but I've got to say on balance, it's probably been um, a, a poor bunch that were brought. And actually not, sorry, John, Tom Lawrence has been good as well. Oh, yeah, he, he has been very yeah. good. He has been injured for a few weeks, and that's maybe why his names went out of our lips. But... Um, yeah, he. I think he's been very good. There's just just a couple of. I mean, the two centre backs terrible in terms of their fitness, um, and the boy Matondo has been pretty anonymous so far. So yeah, aye. Um, aside from that, the league nothing happened. I don't think Aberdeen played at the weekend from what I could see. Um, no, brutal, Aberdeen... brutal. What, what the hell yes. happened there? Well, went to go ahead against them on the play. Obviously, just before half time, I send it off. Which I mean, I think everybody apart from the Hibs fans would say it wasn't a send it off or a penalty. Uh, with that, however, that happens, you need to just deal with it, move on. Um, but I think retreating into a shell even further, the highlights again are called at centre back. Whereas if scales are Stuart are out, Ross McCoy pops back in there. He's not a natural centre back. I know he's played there in the past, but I'm not a fan of it centre back. I think most Aberdeen fans would say the same. Your midfield then gets disrupted as well. Um, Miofsky had an off day, and most of the team probably had an off day. 
the only positive would maybe be Duke scoring again. Um, that would be that. In terms of positives. John, I was just going to say, do you think it would be unfair for the big big man, big uh, Goodwin, to get pulled up by the SFA by his comments after the game? Because I feel as though it's going to be a, it's going to be a bit unfair for him to, to do that. I mean, he's only speaking his mind. He probably will get pulled up. Um, whether it's fair or not, probably has to for us to say it. I mean, I think we've seen these things happen whereby referees make decisions. At the end of the day, it doesn't affect them, does it? At the end of the day, the referees, because no. they never ever get any, they rarely get penalised. It's rarely they get devoted to kind of maybe managing or not managing referee in other games um, in the lower leagues. So I know that Goodman probably will have to kind of speak to them. Um, in a way, though, I quite like the fact that he's come across past it and said that. Is it maybe a bit of deflection tactics, though, as well? Um, in terms of our performance not being what it should be, um, there's possibly that as well. And it, it continues, I think, it's something that I've spoken about. Um, I was kind of debating with, was it Aaron, I think, or a week? Our transfer window was all right, but the squad still left severely unbalanced with the fact that, what I'm saying, at centre-back, right-back, even midfield, those three areas were very light. We've got loads of attacking players, which is great, but you need players to be able to defend as well. And so far, I would expect us to be a bit kind of harder to beat under Goodwin. Um, and it's it's not really kind of proven to be like that. Whether he's kind of trying to adapt the way he plays to what he did at St. Miriam, he's got obviously a bit of a bigger budget, well, a lot bigger budget. He's getting more attacking players and he's thinking maybe I'll try and score more goals in the opposition. I don't know. Um, on the flip side, Hibs probably deserve credit because they went through a kind of sticky stage at the start of the season in the League Cup. They picked up some wins. Obviously, Martin Boyle's back gives him a bit of confidence. Boreas gets called up for the Scotland squad, whether folk agree or not. Um, that's something we'll come on to, obviously, when we talk about the Scotland games coming up. But yeah, things are starting to work for Fibs. And then your boy, uh, Campbell, that's him scored four goals this season. So, we're getting goals in midfield there. Kevin Nesbitt, I don't know how far away he is from coming back. Uh, but that'll be an addition for them once he returns. So, aye, credit to Hibs. Um, yeah, fair, I mean, fair, fair play to them. I mean, that, you know, that was a big result for them at the weekend. Fair, the, the red card obviously massively changed the game. I, you know, in my mind, I think if the red card doesn't happen, then Aberdeen go on and win that game. Um, I think, I think that's, I think that was the same the other week when you played uh, Hibs, Josh, because I feel as though like if Rangers never went down to nine men. Rangers to go win that game. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. Um, if if we hadn't went down to nine men, and you know, and being honest, if we hadn't went down to nine men, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I hate all this, all the hypothetical scenarios now, right? Right, but you know, if we hadn't went down to nine men that game, and we we managed to stick the three points, um, and the league played out, you know, we'd be level on points with Celtic. As we are as at this point right now, but that's all I suppose maybe you know that's yeah. that, that that's the cards you've been dealt, you know what I mean? Do we think if uh, VAR was in system on Saturday, it would have definitely they would have said no, no red card. Well, well, John, hey, or was that because it's got to hey. be a clear and obvious mistake, isn't it? Hey, John, don't worry, mate. See, in four months, we'll be able to answer <laughs> that question. I will, right? I. Because, because what? Because I don't know if you're aware <laughs> of this, right? Are you aware of this? The SPL. Scottish Premiership, right? They decided in their bright minds to introduce VAR halfway through this season. I do remember. Yeah. Are you aware of that? Aye, aye. aye. we're all aware of it. Aye. Aye. Half a place. 
as we say, I think we've said before, we'll be debating VAR decisions when it comes to the next year. Mate, that's all that happens with VAR. All, all VAR does is is take the debate and and make it about about centred about V. I, personally, I think that V all VAR does is take the pressure off the ref. So it, it takes the pressure away, part of the pressure away from the ref, and and centralises it on this idea of VAR rather than the ref individually. So he doesn't, he or she doesn't end up getting on as the abuse. Yeah. You still have those. These debates still happen. All it does is it takes a bit of pressure off the ref and it ruins the game for the spectators. And also, you don't know who who's watching VR, so they kind of get they kind of get punished because nobody knows who is watching VR. So, yeah. Uh, what was it, a couple of weeks ago? I was watching a game. What game was it? Was it a game in England anyway? And it took them four and a half minutes to make a decision uh, on something. Um, See, that's what I hear about VR, John. I mean, it works fine in the tennis and maybe golf. I don't know if they, they do it in golf. I'm not a big golfer. Um, but I know that they do it in um, uh, tennis and maybe rugby, snooker. Rugby, they do it. Rugby, 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 you know, football's a kind of fast kind of sport. And as you say, I mean, like four minutes to make a decision. Like, you know, it's... But uh, it's No, Scotland again. We'll come on later on. Have benefited from the air, um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, in the league elsewhere, Hearts picked up another good win, though more comfortable than the actual game itself. Because Motherwell had plenty of chances. I don't. I still don't know how uh, Paul McGinn misses. Yeah, it's a post. Uh, and by the way, John, you saw the saw the Karpovsky there, but I watched the game, missed the game. But you you were saying about VR, and I don't know if you know Josh saw the highlights. But if we had VR, that that goal would get counted by Kevin Van Veen. You know, to me that that was on side. I'm trying to think. I did see the highlights of the game. It was in the second half. I think oh, it was right. 1-0 at the time. Right. Um, uh, but aye, good result for Hearts off the back of uh, European performance on Thursday as well. Aye, good, but, result, aye, good result in Europe for Hearts, uh, definitely. We, we said that um, Riga were the team that they really needed to be looking at taking six points off. And, well, they've took three off them already, so we'll see how they do. Exactly, aye. Um, across the league elsewhere, Boss County and St Johnson, no, no. I think the only surprise there is by St Johnson keeping a clean sheet. It's real that happens these days. Yeah. Um, and then Livingston, who just continue to do what Livingston do, don't they? Get a win, one 0 against Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock struggling. I think I think they are. Mm. I, I, you know, I, I went to see Kelly in the last um, in the uh, game that they won the league last season at Pope Park. Um, and I knew, um, having watched them, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm no Jose Mourinho on that, but I knew from watching them in that one game that when they go, when they went up next season, they're going to have to make some signs. They're going to have to rebuild that squad because it's not good enough. It's not good. I knew it wasn't good enough to be for the top flight. Um, and it's panning out that way. I mean, they have made some signings, but not enough in my view. I don't think they've brought in enough quality. I don't think they've... 
um, remoulded their team well enough um, for the Premiership. It's not good enough. And, you know, it tells because they are languishing down near the bottom of the table. And in fact, are they bottom? I think they might be. Aye, they're bottom. Yeah. Aye, they are bottom, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, um, so, I know, the, um I am. Um, I'm giving here, Jordan. My notes: uh, five defeats for Kamark, and they've just scored like three goals this season. Poor. So, second bottom, second bottom. Don't you like that? Oh, I so, yeah, of course, I, I, I. Um, so I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how. The the thing is, you know, once Dundee United get a manager, you know, I think we all know, we all know from the the impressive of the squad that they'll probably will start picking up points and picking up results there's no doubt about that in my mind anyway but Kelly I, I just can't say the same they're spending a lot of money on Derek McInnes um, and I don't see them sacking him um, he's, he's you know it's shown it's proven he is a good manager but I just don't think he's got the squad there John can I just say quickly about like the last couple of weeks um, you know we've been talking about Dan Genekeek who's going to be favourite for manager and, you know, the next manager to be sacked, well, you know, whatever. But nobody really mentions David Martindale for a big job because I feel as though he deserves a big job and because no disrespect to any living can fans that's listening, but I'd be interested what he can do with a bigger budget. It would be, but I think the thing with Martindale was Martindale and Livingston there's a maybe a bigger connection than just managing. He's involved a lot more with other things there. And as you could maybe even argue, would it be a bigger job going to Dundee United? I mean, I'd have got a big budget. A bit like the, the debate last year when Aberdeen were below St. Mary in the league. Jim Goodwin went. Maybe on reflection, people say he shouldn't have gone. Ah, I don't know. I think Mark Dale better love for, for a long time. Um, and I don't... I, I, I get your point, though. I think he, he should be considered for jobs. It's a bit like... Before maybe where you get like like said Dick Campbell getting ignored for jobs, there's maybe a bit of a snobbery with certain managers. Martindale continues to impress every week. Um, at Livingston, I think he'd be a cracking guest on the podcast as well. He likes doing a few of the podcasts. I like his honesty. I like the way he speaks. He's different to other managers. He's dead down to earth. You can imagine yeah. down the pub where having a pipe with him, just one of the lads. Whereas uh, I don't think we'd get that way a lot of other managers. Do you not think like? Um... Been having this debate on other shows as well, but do you not think Livingston kind of reminds me of Hamilton Ackes and Ross County in a way? And I'll tell you one thing that is because you always guarantee great, a decent game of football against them, and you're not, you're, you're not, you're never going to get it your own way. And like Hamilton, can I give you that when they were in the big boy league in Ross County school? Can I give you that as well? So, uh, I don't know, Josh, um, how you feel about that, but they kind of remind me of that because you've got to work well for your win. Aye, I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree with you there. You, you never get an easy game off, Olivia. Um, I don't think they, I don't think they play a selective football a lot of the time. But I'm, I'm, maybe I'm being a wee bit, um, uh, you know, maybe I'm talking them down a wee bit. Um, you know, they, they do play good football, but you know, I've. Time and time again, I said I just hate watching football and Astro, and I hate watching games at Livy. Um So, but but I agree with you. I agree with you in in one aspect. I think Martindale should be considered for other uh, management jobs 
But the other aspect of it is I don't think Martindale would be considering other management jobs. I think, you know, he's came through there for a a club volunteer. He's came for nothing. He's got no football in No, He's got no prominent football in pedigree. Um, And Livingston have have taken a chance on him. And up to now, it's it's been a chance that's worked. So I, I don't know that Martindale is going to sacrifice all that goodwill and those good relationships that he's built with Levy for um, for the possibility of moving to Dundee United to, yes, are bigger than Livingston, right? But, I mean, they're not that much bigger, you know. It's, it, it is, it's closer to a lateral move than, say, if, I don't know, an English championship team came in for Martindale, you know, I don't know, a QPR or something like that. If they came in for Martindale, then you could say, right, well, no wonder he's going to be get, he's going to be added a couple of zeros on his salary, um, going to be working with all sorts of top quality players. Um, like but, Lyndon Dykes. Like Lyndon <laughs> Dykes, exactly. Exactly like Lyndon Dykes. Well, he's, he's old mate, of course, right? Um, but no, um, I don't personally see Martindale gone anywhere else in the Scottish Premiership unless it was because we know he's a Rangers fan unless Rangers come in for him <laughs> um, at some point but uh, I, I don't think uh, personally you know I think that football snobbery that John's talking about there is maybe a bit, a bit too potent for uh, Rangers to consider Martindale once Giovanni Van Bronckhorst moves on Now we've got the Scotland matches to talk about um, in terms of them coming up but there was some cup action that weekend. A few different cups were getting played. The Scottish Cup was getting played and the Scottish Junior Cup was getting played. How did Meadow get on this week, Josh? I don't know, mate. Uh, I wasn't there. I was out on Friday night. <laughs> did you know see the score? <laughs> uh, I No, I was say uh, I was just... I, I didn't the know. game's not finished yet, John, I, I think. <laughs> uh, no, that's Meadow and our cup. Game's still going. New manager, though. You've got new manager. <laughs> that's good, isn't it? Uh, is that I? <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. Look, I'm not going to talk. Like, I'm not going to speak. Speak. I'm not going to speak ill of, of people who are not present, John. But you and I have spoke about about. Um, you and I have spoke about about off pod about what what I what I feel about the decision to move the previous management team on and yeah. the decision to bring in the current manager. So yeah. Um, uh, save it for our time save it for our time anyway but Talbot were playing the Scottish Cup on Friday I was there at, they were playing at Oakle View Stenhouse Mills ground interesting ground I don't know if either of you guys have been but I've never been to Oakle View they've got Terrison behind one of the goals and then they've got a stand on one side of the pitch that's it so there's nowhere else you can view the game so when you were going in segregation was in place so you can only get a decent view and the Terrison I hate if I'm going to, I don't mind some terracing, but if you're going and you're paying money, going to have a game, you want to get a decent view. However, much as the tie was tricky, Talbot came through the end 4-2, nice wee away win, and I need to say the steak pies there were tremendous. Plenty of steak, solid 8 out of 10 at least. Um, so if you're ever down that neck of the woods, I'm going to go again, get a steak pie there. However, if you're going to see Steak House Mural, price is £14. Um, St. Genta was £7 for the Scottish Cup on Friday. Um, and Talbot face bonus in the next ring. 
of the Scottish Cup. A few tasty ties. Covenant played a Barton. The old manager Steve Farrell goes back, which will be interesting. One maybe a pit for the TV game. I think. I think uh, that, I, that that could be a, a decent TV game to uh, to watch. Though you kind of feel maybe Pollock are due a wee turn, um, seeing as obviously what happened on Friday with the game getting pulled from BBC Scotland due to resources being elsewhere. Um, so we'll see what happens with that one. Um, but yeah, excitement about the Scotland games. We were talking a wee bit last week about who we thought would be in the squad, Josh. We got it pretty much nailed on with the exception of one person, which is Ryan Portis. Uh, I don't think we even discussed him but in the mix but yes he is in the squad yeah, yeah um, I, I, I don't know mate um, Clark obviously see look we know it's the cliche Clark is, is a loyal manager right everybody talks about that um, but he isn't that loyal he moves players on all the time you know it, it, it He's, he's happy to move them on when there's better options, you know. Case in point, Stephen O'Doyle is uh, Stephen O'Donnell is not in the Scotland squad. Um, no, he would be he he's you know st- the hallmark of Steve Clark's Scotland um, managerial career. Um, you 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 could argue would be um, the inclusion of Stephen O'Donnell. You know, he's been in nearly every single squad, um, and the reason being is that. He's, he's dependable and Steve Clark knows and knew that he could depend on him but what's happening now is that we have two right backs in Aaron Hickey and Nathan Patterson who with the best will in the world to Stephen O'Donnell are superior footballers yep. um, now, Stephen O'Donnell is you know a, 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 almost a cult figure in the Tartan Army now he's much much loved by the fan you know the hardcore fan base um, but you know, there's nobody's going to tell you that he should he should be in the squad. Porteous is a bit different. Um, Porteous hasn't played a lot for Scotland, and not at I, all. Yeah, so he's, he's, did they, they no comment? He's not got a sub appearance, no. He's been called up. That's it. Like I've right, right. seen a start. It's not a good game. No, he's been called up 2019, 2020, 2021, mm-hmm. 22, and he's still not got a cap. Is he not right? I thought I thought he'd maybe come on. Oh no, I'm, I'm getting mixed up with uh, Paul Hanlon, am I? Or Paul McGinn, one of the two, one of the other kind of guys that was called Aye. up while they were at, while they were at Hibs. Um, no, but uh, look, I just feel that Portis, Portis, in 2019, everybody was talking about Ryan Portis. This boy is going to be big, you know. It's now 2022, coming into 2023, and he's no any further on, really, I would say. So. Yeah. Because I remember you used to get the debate from Hibs fans about Porteous being better than McKenna, which, no, not a hope in hell. Well, uh, look, the, the proof's in the pudding. It's now 2022, right? Scott McKenna's in the Premier League with uh, Nottingham Forest. Ryan, Ryan Porteous is still at Hibs, and he's still doing the same things. He's still mm. getting himself sent off occasionally, still giving away stupid fouls, still overplaying it, um, you know, still, you know, cheap bookings. It's I, I, look, I'm, I'm not going to talk him down, but I don't know if I'm seeing it in terms of top top level. It might be a, it might go on to be a Hibs legend like Lewis Stevenson and play hundreds of games, but you know Lewis Stevenson's only only ever had one cap for Scotland. See, I think I think if the if any Hibs fans are listening to this, maybe they can email us in and say 
playing, playing was very important as man of one match for Hibs because you know, um, okay, I only see him against Celtic or Rangers or maybe Aberdeen or you, you know, um, if man of house one Saturday and got nothing to do apart from painting the walls, but he's he's never had a very decent game, you know. What, what I'm trying to say is, you're never going to come away from the game and say, oh, that, that boy Poitiers played a brilliant game today. Because he hasn't, maybe I'm good, maybe I'm doing a, a bit of a disservice to the boy, but, you know, uh, I mean, what, what did they do? Apart from foul people and picks up yellow calves and, you know. It's hard to argue with a lot of that. But look, you know, and this is coming back to the Clark, Clark loyalty thing. There's players, there's players in the Scotland team, right? I mean, you even look at you even look at who's who's went out and who's came in uh, this evening, John. And I know we'll talk about who, who's been out the squad and who's came in, but you know, um, Robbie McCrory's came into the squad, you know, and with the best one in the world, he's he's never played for Scotland. He doesn't even play for Rangers. You know, he's playing, he's, the most of his football is played in the Scottish Lowland League, you know. Yeah. So, for, for me, I, I, I don't I don't see that. Um, he's not really even played that much football at all. I, you know, if I was going to call up a third goalkeeper, I'd be calling up Xander Clark, because at least he's got a lot of experience. Um, there was a bit of a heart and a mouth moment, uh, literally, uh, yesterday where Craig Gordon, went down at one point against Motherwell and you're thinking, why not? Because if that happens, we spoke about it last week. We have, like, we're already pretty short the keepers. There McLaughlin comes out tonight. Um, not that McLaughlin would start any of the games, but it still gives you three keepers that are playing and whether they're playing well or not is another kind of question. Beyond that, though, we're in the WhatsApp chat earlier and we're trying to think, apart from Xander Clark, who else would maybe get called up? I don't know if any other Scottish keepers playing in the Premiership. Um, I'm trying. I'm, I'm well, we we you know see David Marshall. He's retired, obviously. I uh, oh, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, Marshall football. So yeah, I Marshall. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Marshall comes back. Neither. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know if he. I, I think you know. Me, the, I mean, maybe he could. You know. Turn around and say as a one-off favour or whatever to his to his mate Stevie and to the to the Scotland team if we were really doing a haul. But um, yeah, I, I'm racking my brains thinking the other other Scotland keepers here. The only one other one that's coming to mind is um, is the boy that played once um, on the uh, on the Central American South American tour, uh, Jordan Archer. The boy, remember oh, the boy yeah. he played, he played Millwall or something like that. But he was no, he's not. He moved on from Millwall, which was strange because he played about two hundred games for Millwall, um, and then he moved on somewhere else. Can't remember where. And I think he's he's really he hasn't played a lot of football since, um, for some reason. And to be honest, in that one game that he played for Scotland, he didn't look that convincing. Um, so yeah. Um, that's the only one I'm thinking. It's Scott Bain as well, but obviously he doesn't play. Um, tracking my brains here, I think, any other Scottish goalkeepers. The only other one, the only other one that people talk about is the boy um, Brian Gunn's son. Oh, Angus Gunn. Ang- Angus Gunn, yeah, who's uh, identifies as English, really. <laughs> yeah. You know, because um, and, and I, th- I think he's getting into his kind of mid to late 20s now. 
Um, and he hasn't played for England yet. So I, I you know, I'm probably thinking that he might be one that we, you know, we might be looking at. Um, but then again, I don't think he plays for his own club. I think he's a, a second string keeper. Um, yeah. Because I remember, actually, I know he is because he's at Norwich. Um, I remember looking and seeing that Tim Crow was playing in behind Grant Hanley and the boy Gunn uh, was um, either on the bench or in the reserves. See, it's very interesting that we're having this debate, Josh, right? Because even though we're talking about goalkeepers, but like if you go to the front of the park, like strikers, you know, who else, who, who else have we got? There's nobody like, coming through. It'd be Hingler, likes of um, Lyndon Gikes, Ryan Christie, Ryan Fraser, you know. Um, I don't know if you would agree with me here. I, I don't, I don't kind of rate him, to be, to be honest with you. Um, it's maybe, maybe a bit of snobbery in my part because I don't watch a lot of Premiership football in England. Um, same as uh, Jacob Brown. I mean, he he's out the team, but I've never heard of him before. But again, maybe that's getting to me being a bit snobby and not watching kind of like English football and vice versa. Vice versa, like people wouldn't watch Scottish football. But I mean, it is a worry. I think when you've no get when you've no get coming through as a goalkeeper or in the striking department. I, th- I think I think we've got better balance at striker, right? Um, I think we're, we're a wee bit light in terms of absolute top talents, right? Um, Brown is, by all accounts, seems like a good footballer. Um, he's injured. He wasn't... This, so, ju- just on the, the three boys, is it three or four? It's three, John three, McLaughlin, yeah, yeah. Brown and... Um, Grant Hanley. Grant Hanley. So, oh, just on the three boys, John... Um, I just see when they see when they were announced there, I had a wee look. John McLaughlin obviously was injured by Rangers. Um, Jacob Brown wasn't in the Stoke squad at the weekend. Um, and Hanley did play for Norwich at the weekend, but I assume he picked up a knock in that game. Yes, yeah, about injury prone. Um, so I think maybe it's just been a case of, you know, the three of them have been have came into camp. Steve, Steve Clark's maybe assessed them and said, nah, he's. The three that three of them aren't they fit, so just send them back to their parent yeah. club. Um, but Brown has, you know, Brown has played a, a lot for um, Stoke. So in, in terms of in terms of who we've got up top, we are, you know, we, we do have numbers. We've got Brown, Dykes. Um, you've got uh, Christie and Fraser, as you said. No, but I mean, if if any of them are injured. Gosh, right. yeah, and, and, the, and the squad right now, you mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we are, we are we'd have right. to like start Shankland, we'd be on the fringes, but maybe we need a turn. Some yeah. folk talk about Burnley scoring goals in the championship, but uh, Clark's obviously decided not to call him up. Whether <laughs> maybe we'll see another call-up, a couple of call-ups, I don't know. I feel like it's a bit weird that two areas of the pitch where we're short in numbers, he's not called up anyone else yet. He's just mm-hmm. called up the other goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. The one thing mm-hmm. that does concern us all up front is the fact that we've not really got anyone scoring goals at the moment. Lyndon Dykes has got one goal in 10 appearances for QPR. Ryan Christie, who does play occasionally up front for us, or not far off but up front, no goals for Bournemouth. Ryan Fraser, no goals. Uh, and Shea Adams, I think, scored a double against, was it Leeds, maybe? 
mm-hmm. get two in sets. That's the, the concern, but it's probably always a concern for us that we don't ever really have strikers that are maybe scoring a lot of goals at league level. Yeah, but I mean, join the, the, join the, I mean, the thing <laughs> is, yeah, we, we, I mean, we've never been a team that's had a striker that scores, you know, 30, 50 goals at, at league level. No, I mean, no for years anyway. No. Um, the, the most recent one I can think of is Lee Griffiths. Um, when he call, was called up for Scotland, he was scoring all the time for Scotland. Yeah. Uh, sorry, he was scoring all the time for um, Celtic. Um, but even at that, I don't think we called him up and played him at the time when he was absolutely on fire. Um, so, yeah. See, I, I would like um, two games coming up at home. I would like to, to see us go me two up front, Josh, and see if that works with um, um, Shea Agams. Um, sorry, Lyndon Dykes. Um, no, no, sorry. Um, Shea Agams playing with Lyndon Dykes. Well, here's an interesting one, right? Because this is something we're going to bring up. So we play Ukraine first of all. Now, remember the first game that we played against Ukraine? Lyndon Dykes got hooked at half time because we were getting over at midfield. So I yeah. think on Wednesday, I think we'll only play one actual striker up front. And then we'll probably play two in behind. That's assuming. And we've got to think he's going to stick with the three at the back. Um, maybe we'll be proved on, but I think he'll go three. Four two one, and I think it'll be Shea Adams up top, well, yeah. almost guaranteed. Um, Agreed, yeah, uh, I agree, mate. I, I think, um, yeah, yeah, right. We did go with the two up top against Ukraine, um, and it didn't work. Um, you, know, you, you mentioned there, uh, Dykes was hooked at half time, a bit unceremoniously. To be honest, I don't think he did anything too bad. Yeah. It just it just wasn't. We were just getting absolutely outboxed in the midfield. Um, and and you know let's let's not remember a lot of your goals come through midfield and all not all but all, most of our top quality footballers are in midfield um, and we need to utilise that area you know we need to be taking the game you know we need to be using the players that we have to our advantage and running the midfield you know I, I mean it, it's you know football's it's not it's it's a simple game made complicated. We played the two up top against Ukraine. We overran the midfield and Ukraine bossed us. Um, you know, we need to be doing that. We've got quality throughout the team at centre mid. You know, lots and lots of really good interchangeable players that I would be happy with any combination of, really. Yeah, um, I don't know if you both know as well, Zinchenko and Shaparenko are both out injured. And obviously Zinchenko plays in midfield for Ukraine as opposed to playing the yeah. left back where he tends to play for Man uh, sorry, Arsenal now. That's so good news. That's a bonus. Yeah, it's good news. From our midfield point of view, though, I think we discussed that a wee bit last week prior to the squad getting down because you know roughly who's going to be in there in the midfield. Who does he go with then and behind Shea Adams? Who would be the two? And then who's your, your two behind that, I suppose? Or if it is that. Um, the two, the two behind. I think. Well, McGinn for a start. Um, that's a stack on. Yeah. Um, and some. I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, you know, normally would go. Normally, you would be thinking maybe a Christie or an Armstrong. I'd like Armstrong. Um, but uh, you know, something in the back of my mind saying that he's going to put Fraser in there. They could put Fraser in for his pace, maybe. Maybe. 
Maybe it's it worked effectively in the past when Fraser and Dykes uh, partnered up top together. They were quite good together. Um, but again, you know, Adam's a different type of player to um, Lyndon Dykes completely. So we'll see. Um, something's just telling me he's going to pick. I'd like Armstrong, to be honest, though. I, I think Armstrong is one of the most creative players we have. Yeah. Plus as well, if you're talking about like the midfield not getting over that, he can play in there as well, so he yeah, can help he, out in midfield. And, and, yeah, and he'll run all day. Yeah, he's the same as you know him and McGinn. Not too, not you know, too dissimilar in terms of their determination. You know, Armstrong will get back into midfield. He will make up space. He will make runs, um, but he'll create things going forward as well. So mm-hmm. that would be that would be my kind of upfront three, if you want to put it that way. And then. Michael, what do you think in terms of Callum McGregor's nailed on to start? Right? But who do you think plays alongside him? Uh, obviously not playing. Yeah, I he mean Scott McTominay's playing regularly at Man U. And he's playing and he's playing at his skin. Assuming McTominay doesn't play at centre back. I'm not. I'm not being a bit biased here when I say this, Josh. Right. So, so <laughs> uh, but I, w- I would tend to go with with David Tumble. Um, just because he's getting a game, uh, the last couple of games for Celtic. Uh, you know, and I, I kind of like David Tumble when it was at Marlborough as well. You know, you know. Um, yeah. So, so I, I would go with they two just because they, they know kind of each other's games as well. Um, I think that kind of helps as well, especially if you're playing in a, a big park um, as, as well. So, so that that would be my two, yeah. You would go there. I like Turbo as well, and I know George does it. We were talking about it last yeah. week, but I think if you're talking about midfield getting over, he's not a, a central midfielder as such. I think you would end up yeah, I'd play him in the front in the front three before I, I played him anyway. But to be honest, I, I don't know that he has played a lot for Celtic this season. Um I mean he's came off the bench a lot. Um but uh but yeah, and and by the way, I'm saying that so I really like David Turnbull. I think he's a yeah. brilliant footballer. Yeah, because we were only talking last week about how we like the fact he is that bit different. He is creative. He... It's a maverick. Four goals. He's mm-hmm. something different to me, what we have in the squad. And I think he's not. Um, I think he reminds me a bit like um, putting myself in the in for my Tommy Rodrick, and in a way that he's not scared to shoot outside the box as well. Um, you know, because um, Scotland um, are similar, similar to Celtic and similar to most teams, kind of walk the ball in the net as well sometimes. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I don't think he will start Turnbull. Um, yep. I, but I don't. It, it will all depend on where McTominay plays, if he plays, because he could play centre back, especially now Hanley's out because Jack Henry's not playing much football. He's obviously moved to Cremonese on loan. McKenna and Tierney, you've got things nailed on at centre back now. It's, um, so we'll see what happens, and then the other debate would be who starts left wing back. Obviously, Andy Robertson's out. You would think Nathan Parts is playing right wing back, so it's either Taylor or Hickey at left wing back. For me, uh, for me, I go Taylor, mate. I think Taylor's yeah. Taylor's played played out his skid this season for Celtic. Um, yeah. 
that that's if you're not going to play Tierney at left back. I think, and ironically, you know, of the remaining left backs, Andy Robertson not there. Tierney is still the best left back. Right, this yes. you know. So, but the thing is, if you take Tierney out of the back three, it becomes less creative attacking wise. Mm-hmm. So I think playing Tierney at LCB and having Taylor there is probably the way to go. Um, to be to be honest, we missed Tierney the last few games, Josh. Yeah, we've we've missed them, but we're a different team without him. Um, right. You know, he's I can't I. I, you know, I don't watch a lot of English football at all, right? But I cannot believe he's not getting a game for Arsenal. What is that about? I think it's partly due to the fact he's coming back with an injury. Um, obviously, Arteta signed Zinchenko. Wins it, no. They've switched to four. They've also switched to four at the back this season, Arsenal. So <laughs> the only way there's room for Tierney and Zinchenko is if Zinchenko is playing centre mid, really. Because you could have put Tierney in a back four at centre back. <laughs> Nah, can I nah. can I just get take this back to what you were saying about Greg Taylor, right? See if you ask any Celtic fans uh, last season, they would say, you know, um, if Greg Taylor's away, we don't care, you know. But uh, like, if you if you say them this season, I think he's actually like, improved this season, and I think it's down to him, but also down to Andre Postecoglou as well. He's the most kind of like improved uh, player as, as well. And plus he's playing in, uh, in the Champions League, so he's getting a bit of experience playing against the big boys yep. and going into the Scotland squad as well, you know. Interesting talk about Champions League, because if you're talking about Champions League, Ukraine, I've got, I think, is it seven guys in there from Shakhtar Donetsk? Um, so there'll be a few familiar faces for the likes of Callum McGregor, Greg Taylor, um, the boy that kind of worries me a bit is Mudrick. Don't know whether he'll start, but he was very impressive against Celtic. I thought um, did well against Leipzig as well. Good player. So, but yeah, definitely bonus that Fats and Chen goes out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He's key for them. How do we approach the game? though? No. yeah, like I think we've got to go for it. Oh, I've got a cage. Like this, this triple, this triple header. We need to come out, come out for this way. No, no maximum points, but I, I'd say seven. We need to come out with this triple header. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we need to go in and we need to get, we need to get the results. We're good enough, you know. Um, the Ukraine game, the Ukraine games, I should say, are <laughs> massive. Um, we need to, we need to right the wrongs of the qualification. Um, semi-final um, so yeah I, I, I just really really um, hope that we can do that um, and we'll come on to Ireland but uh, yeah the Ukraine games are huge see if we're talking seven points then I think then in that case we've won three on Saturday three on Wednesday three on Saturday and Going then away. point in Ukraine uh, because obviously if we win on Poland, that takes us above Ukraine, that would take up to current this group stands just now. Ukraine on seven points, Scotland on six, Ireland on four, Armenia on three. So obviously we could win with a couple of points advantage. Bear in mind, I think Ukraine have only got they got they got they've got three games left as well. Um obviously double header against us and then they're away to Armenia. You've got I think I think they'll win in Armenia. I know Ireland slipped up over there, but 
I don't see Ukraine slipping up on Armenia. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they know that area, area of the continent, don't they? Yeah. Um, hey, but you never know, Armenia could do as a wee favour. Mm. Maybe. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the way I think we need our, if we're talking about seven points, that's the, the order we need our seven points, I think. But it'd be typical of Scotland for us to do it the other way around and get a draw on uh, Wednesday, win against Ireland, and then maybe win in Ukraine. But I mean, I, I do think that we've got to give Ireland a, a good game because the first game we were very, very poor. That game we, we were lucky to get 3 <laughs> now. You know, um, I think it was the first time any of the Scotland football players saw a football before. <laughs> yeah, you know, they were standing off Ireland far too much. And I mean, Craig at Ireland, they got the job done, but I guess they were over. We were very, very poor that day, so we need to uh, win and put in a good performance as well. Uh, sorry, Josh. Uh, no, I was just going to say, I am with you, Michael. Um, you know, for coming on to Ireland, um, I want the team to go out on Saturday and absolutely batter Ireland. Um, I, I, you know, I, I want us to go a hundred miles an hour on Saturday. Um, and right the wrong of that last game over at the Aviva, because um, that was w- one of the worst performances I've ever seen Scotland. Um, you know, uh, that was right up there in terms of Kazakhstan, um, <laughs> and even you know, you know, other terrible Georgia, Georgia back jo- yeah, Georgia back in the day. Um, even some of the other, you know, I, I, see, I always I always recall directly after Kazakhstan, there was we went away to San Marino and we only went two 0 um, and the atmosphere was absolutely poisonous that night. It was a terrible performance and all. Um, so, yeah, I, I want us to go out on Saturday and batter Ireland. The, the one thing that we need to watch out for, though, was in terms of, like you said, about kind of tempo and all that. See the game over there, it suited them because they played it at their tempo. They turned it into like a championship-style game. Like it was just constantly in your faces. It was like... Every time a Scotland player got a ball, there was like two or three players around them. And Scotland just could not cope, a cop, cope, cope at all. And again, we ended up in a situation where by half-time we're going right when they make changes, try and change it. I think he tried to play 4-3-3 when we had no wingers in the squad, which just didn't work out. And everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Obafemi, obviously, we, we just couldn't cope with him at all. Um, scored that one big goal. And uh, they were... They beat us too easily. So I don't know about going gun ho. I think we need to maybe beat them with ability, a bit of cleverness, as opposed to turning it into maybe a kind of scrappy game. That'll play into their hands. However, we're talking earlier about Scotland, attacking players maybe not being in the greatest of form. If you look at the Ireland team that started that game, Obafemi has only scored one goal in eight games that season. Troy Barrett, zero and ten. Um, however, your likes are Hogan has got five and ten, and Albany's got four and nine. But they're playing, they're playing championship. All these guys, uh, the other guys, Callum Robinson, no goals in three games. So potentially they could be struggling for goals, depending on what they start with up front. Um, I, I don't know how they'll start. Whether they're going to think let's go with a kind of similar team to it, beat us over there. Yeah, hard, hard, uh, you know, uh, it's hard to say what, what kind of team will, will come out. Um, 
we will need, we would, you know, it's a question that's only going to be answered on Saturday. But you know, see, see, be honest, right? We we, we can't. I, I'm going on about the the game over at the Viva, but we need to make that history. We need to go out and Saturday and play mm-hmm. our game because let's let's not let that game over in Ireland um, change the facts, right? And the facts are that our team is a lot better than Ireland's. Our squad is better. The quality that we have, we've got, we've got Champions League level footballers throughout the squad. Yeah. Right. Littered throughout the squad. Yeah. You know, we have got top top players throughout our team. Right. So what? There's no. There's no getting into the whole idea. Oh, are we better than Ireland? Are we? Are we as good as it? We're much better than them. Right. We went over there. We get banjoed, uh, and we 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 kind of let that happen again. So we just need to go out and Saturday play as good as we know we can, um, and the rest, you know, if we do that, hopefully the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, I no, I definitely would agree. Um, but now I think they've only got a handful of players that are even playing Premier League football. Most of our squad is Championship based. So, yeah. get into them definitely. It's a, yeah, um, it's a team in transition. Aye, they've, they've no got the likes of any. They've no way, obviously, you like to yellow bikinis anymore. No, according to Marvel, but <laughs> um, one thing I forgot to mention earlier, actually, going into the Ukraine game, we've got a situation whereby we've got four players on the verge of a suspension if we pick up another booking. Um, so Carlo McGregor, Scott McTominay, Ryan Christie and Shea Adams are all one booking away from a suspension, which and we've got three games obviously to play in this group. So something to watch out for there. Yeah, I need to watch out for that. But to, mm. to be to be honest though, John, um, you know, we we did we did say, you know, I mean Christie, McGregor, McTominay, midfield's the best area of our team. Um but apart from fullback, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you know, if they did have to miss games, um, better to miss them earlier mm-hmm. as opposed to later. Do you know what I mean? Because um, because you know, I'm happy with any kind of rotation of of the midfielders that we have. Though you know, obviously, Callum McGregor would be a huge miss because he is a a linchpin of the team. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what are we thinking that then from the two games, the two home games, six points? Yeah. Yeah. Six points, I. That's what we want and need. But as it's in our own hands, like remember, like when we played uh, Ireland and we lost them, you're thinking, oh, well, God, and then uh, they picked up a point against Ukraine, which opened up the group a wee bit more. I mean, to, to be honest with you, John, I know what you were talking about earlier on about, you know, it doesn't matter what order we get the seven points in. And I suppose, I, you're right up to, up to a point, but you would like us to get six points because we've got the home games and take advantage of the home games and pick up a point um, against Ukraine or even three points. But I would say that's more difficult there, um, seven points. But yeah, I mean, I would be I would be very disappointed to get be pick up a point in, in the first two games at home. Well, if we pick up one point in the two games at home, then you can... Say cheerio to the yep. 
getting through it the Nations League way because obviously we've still got the normal half. And now, and now, but every stage of the league will be back in that week, having a well, two weeks time or whenever, um, we'll be having the debate about who's coming through behind the, the strikers. And I bet they probably were saying there, they want to Josh. I mean, like, even though, um, you know, it looks, you know, Shea Agan, Brian Kresge, Ryan Fraser, but what happens if any of them get injured? Who's, who's coming through? And it's back to, what you were saying about the goalkeepers. I, I don't want people to turn off because, say, Michael's doom and gloom, but I'm just trying to be a bit positive. Well, no positive, but I bit, know. you I know, know what I mean? It, it, it's something that's definitely I probably been getting debated for the last maybe two or three years because we had the situation whereby McGregor was obviously playing. He was getting on. Then Marshall came back into the fold, Craig Gordon came back into the fold. Again, you're talking mid to late 30s. Even again, if you look beyond that, and John McLaughlin's going out the squad, he's 34. Um, and at the moment, yeah, we can't really kind of see any guys coming through. But you never know, things can change kind of quickly in football. There'll be some guys in the squad just now that maybe you never heard of maybe three years ago. Um, you're going to, need to find more people where we Scottish granny as well. Sometimes that does work out for us. We either, John. Well, John, I mean, look, the, the thing is, mate, right? And, and this is how quickly football can change. You know, if you'd asked us just a couple of years ago, you know, about Nathan Patterson, you know, we would have said, you know, yeah. I, I mean, you know, nobody. That wasn't a Ranger. That was a wasn't a Rangers fan. Would have been able to name him, right? And only a handful of Rangers fans that maybe know a bit about the youth team would have been able to name him. Um, and now here we are. Suddenly he's playing every single game in the Premier League for Everton, yeah. and and he is an absolute stick on. He's probably one of the best right backs in Britain at the moment. So life comes at you fast. Aye, and see if we flip it around in terms of the squad, the actual squad itself is pretty young. Mm-hmm. So they should be together for a, a bit of time as well. Um, I suppose what it is is maybe Michael, from your point of view, is you want to be a bit more depth in certain areas. But aye, but we all would, would we, we would love to have a striker that we could we knew was a, like one or two. But I mean, I mean, sure, games, but. you know, I, I hate to go over this conversation, and I've had this conversation about fifty-five times, or maybe fifty-seven times now. And I'm going to have about 58 times tonight on the podcast. But Ray Griffiths, I mean, you know, if, he, if he's screwed in that, you know, it would be a, you know, it would still be at circuit, but... It's well sailed, wasn't it? You know, it's all down to him, you know, because he had the world get a seat by scoring two goals, ironically, against Joe ha- Hamden. And after that, it went off, it went um, d- downhill. Yeah, no. yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, I mean, be an inter- I'll tell you, the, the booker, foot, the football and booker league. Griffiths' career will be an interesting one when he retires, because um, he's. I mean, he's now playing against two. Men, he's now playing against two men in a dog, uh, in front of two men in a dog. I should say actually in the Australian third tier, is it? So yeah, yeah um, it just showed that. I mean, hey, we talk about Nathan Patterson. Life comes at you fast. Lee Griffiths, life comes at you fast. Wasn't that long ago? Uh, what was it, 2018, 17, the goals against England? 
I can't remember what year it was. 19 or... Um, no, I think it was further back than that. Um, I'm sure it was 18 or 17. Um, but, you know, you're only talking a few years ago. Um, and then suddenly mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah. He couldn't, you know, he was he went to fall, Kurt hoping to reinvent restart his career. It was crap. He was absolutely rubbish. Um he, he went to Livingston, didn't he, for a couple of clearing sessions big David Martindale and uh, was it no Dundee? No, no, I, I was Livingston. He never got a game, it was uh, during pre season, I think. Was it right, right? I don't uh, know. That. It was just a help about it. Twenty seventeen was the 2017, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, aye, so look, I mean, life comes at you fast, and to be honest, I think Lee Griffiths is he ain't coming, he ain't coming back as a as a striker. Um, he is almost, you know, <laughs> almost a bit of a clone of Derek Ryerton, isn't he? You know what I mean? Just all that potential, one of the best finishers, and just yep. uh, no, anyway, strikers are what a fashion. Anyway, it's all about the uh, inverted white players that's going on your goals. So. All about the midfield, mate. All about the midfield. We are going to start. We are going to like create a new thing where it's your wing backs that's going on the goals. All about midfield, mate. Wing backs and midfield. We'll be positive. We're getting the game. Try. We need, we need the positivity for Spark because in June after that. Out the bloody playoffs, yeah. losing to Ireland. Yeah, that was low. <laughs> my, my question for my question for you though, John, uh, if we get the seven points in this international break, do you think Scott McGill will be on the next podcast? <laughs> it depends if he's getting any sinning gigs this weekend. Well, let, let's let's watch this space, right? Let's see if Scott McGill comes in. Actually, well, hold on. He might come on if Kieran Tierney or Cal McGregor or David Turnbull or somebody mm-hmm. like that scores a winner. <laughs> Possibly, I. Good hat trick. And uh, I mean, Erin says she's coming on that sweet, but I don't know if she knows that Andy Conte is not in the Scotland score anymore. Like, if anyone's broken it to her, that he never got a call up. I, I or or Lewis Ferguson. I know, I know he's well. I know he's at Bologna now, but. Um, I, uh, I, no many, no many Aberdeen players knew that you would really be looking at getting into the Scotland squad. Sorry, I did see some people kind of mention about Ross McFoley, but I think he's not quite there yet, especially in an area of the pitch whereby we are strongest. Um, so, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm trying to present anything else up for discussion, or that might be us, might be a, a fairly quick podcast tonight. So, good luck to Scotland for. We've seen a double header because we've got next week. I know it's a triple header, but we'll be back to analyse whatever's happened. Full of the joys of autumn. By the way, what about you guys? You guys got to the games? Yes. No. Yeah. You know, got to either, Michael? No. No. John, you gone? Right. Yep. Yeah. We're when, going when, Wednesday, Saturday? Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. You uh... remember we spoke about next on Saturday, the old. Uh, Garden share. Uh, uh, but I need to remember uh, that uh, we were on a uh, audio podcast, John, and the listeners can I can I see can I can I see is doing the uh, the the, <laughs> the world over beer. See, that's the kind of beer. Aye. hand gesture, isn't it? The, the hand gesture. Yeah, watch how you get it, though, don't you? Just as well, you're aye, not okay, doing the other one. Aye, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> coffee. <laughs> uh, so I, but yes, we will be back next week. Um, I will, and uh, just a reminder, I listened to John's podcast last week with Zoe Ogilvy. Very good. 
as well. So, right, cheers, guys. All the best. All the best, boys.